Hey, so this is Vision Eternity Ministries. My name is Lee Klein. I'm so excited that you're here today. I have a word today, and that word is, it's time. Jesus said, it's time. Jesus, I thank you and praise you that these just wouldn't be words that we're hearing today, but they mean something, that you would help us to understand to have the revelation knowledge we need to walk in your word not just just to look at them but know that they're meaningful you're giving us these words to teach us to help us to prepare to be ready and yes to prepare the way for you we just give you all the praise and all the glory you're so good to us we love you thank you so much thank you jesus Jesus gave me this word. He said, it's time to stop living like the heathen, living the humdrum, ordinary life. But it's time to put that aside, just like the disciples did, and to go and to prepare the way for him. He said, it's time. It's harvest time. And he is the Lord of the harvest. He has a people that he's calling us to bring in. He's, he's calling us to do his work at this time. He said, it's time. The harvest is ready. It's ready. And um, the harvest means, I want to read this to you. I looked this up in the interlinear Bible. And the harvest is the act of reaping, of gathering of men into the kingdom of God, referring to a time of reaping, the final judgment when when the righteous are gathered into the kingdom of heaven and the wicked are cast into hell forever. And that's what he said, it's time. And, And it's harvest time. Luke 9, Jesus gathered the 12 disciples He gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them out to announce and preach the kingdom of God to bring healing. He said, don't take anything for your journey. Don't take anything. Neither a walking stick or a wallet, a collection bag or food of any kind, no money. And don't have two garments. And whatever house you enter, stay there until you go away from that place. And wherever they do not receive and accept and welcome you, when you leave that town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. And departing, they went out from village to village, preaching the gospel and restoring the afflicted to health everywhere. And so notice he said, don't take anything with you. In Matthew 6, he said, don't be like the heathen. Spending your days worrying about your life. Isn't life more important than that? Isn't there more important things? And this is what he's talking about. To to do the will of the Father. He's asking us to do the will of the Father. And when we do, he said that the Father is going to take care of us. When we seek his way of doing and being right, what we need is going to be added to us. He said, of course, the Father cares for the birds. Aren't you much more important than they are? And we are. 
were much more important. And so that is the thing that's holding many people back is they're afraid that they won't have the things that they need. But Jesus said, don't worry about your life. There's more important things. It, it should just be a natural thing that we do the will of the Father, and then we know we're provided for. And so, um, moving on to, I wanted to point this out in verse 49. John said, Master, we saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we commanded him to stop it for he does not follow along with us. And Jesus said, don't forbid such people, for whoever is not against you is for you. Verse 57, on the road, someone asked if he could go along. I'll go with you, wherever he said. Jesus was short. He said, are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best ends, you know. And this is a message translation. And he said, certainly, okay. okay, and then Jesus said to another, follow me. And he said, certainly, but first, excuse me for a couple of days, please, I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. Jesus refused. First things first, your business is life, not death. And life is urgent, announce, announce God's kingdom. Announce God's kingdom. That's what our life should be about. Then another said, I'm ready to follow you, Master, but first excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. Jesus said, no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. And so then I wanted to read in Luke 10. Notice he sent out the disciples. That's the thing I wanted you to, to, to get. And then there was another man, John said, um, casting out demons in his name, doing his work. And Jesus said, who's, who's ever for me? It's okay. It's good. It's a good thing. And then all the other people that wanted to preach the gospel as well started coming to Jesus. And then the very next thing that happened, and, you know, some had excuses and Jesus was saying, you know, this has to be the most important thing. This, this is it. This is more important than those other little things that you're thinking that are important. So then in Luke 10, verse 1, Now after this, the Lord chose and appointed 70 others and sent them out ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to come. And he said to them, The harvest indeed is abundant. There is much ripe grain, but the farmhands are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest, into his harvest. And as I said, the harvest is the act of reaping, of gathering of men into the kingdom of God, referring to time of reaping, the final judgment. It's time. Jesus is saying it's time. When the righteous are gathered into the kingdom and the wicked are cast into hell forever. And that's what God was showing me as people are ready. 
people are looking for answers. And as Christians, as his disciples, he's sending us out. And notice now, just I want to mention it again, because um, we have this wrong thinking that we're not good enough. And um, we're not taught that we don't need an education. We're, we're, yeah, to go to do Jesus' work. He gathered 70. And you, you heard them. I'll go. I'm ready to go. So right in that time, he gathered 70 and he sent them out. So I wanted you to notice that. So here we are in Luke 10. Then in verse 3, he said, Go your way, behold, I send you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. It's not a normal thing to do what Jesus is calling us to do. So it comes with persecution. You're not going to be well accepted by many, as Jesus wasn't. But we got to be okay with that. And here he said the same thing again. Carry no purse, no provision, no bag, no change of sandals. Refrain, re, refrain from retarding your journey by saluting and wishing anyone well along the way. And so much of the time the Christians are gathered and they're discussing the gospel and their opinion of this and that and the other thing. And, um, you know... We just get stuck in these needless, unfruitful conversations. And that's what I thought of when I read this. He, he, he's saying there's not even time for that. It's time to move on. It, it, it's time to do the work. It's serious. They're not just words anymore, but they mean something. And they mean something to us. We need to do that work. Jesus said, I'm going, now you're going to do what I was doing, and you're going to do even greater things than I was doing. And so, you know, he's saying, it's time. Stop messing around. There's nothing to discuss. Just go do it. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this household. Freedom from all distress that result from sin, be with this family. Notice how bold that sounds. He's saying, say it, just say it. Peace be to this household, as if Jesus would say it. And he is on the inside of you, so of course he's going to say it. Peace be to this household. And if anyone is worthy of peace and blessedness is there, then that peace and blessedness you wish shall come upon him. But if not, it shall come back to you. If not, it shall come back to you. If it is received, stay in that house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the labor is worthy of his wages. Do not keep moving from house to house. See, he's going to provide for you as you do his work. He's going to provide for you. You don't have to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear. You're supposed to go. 
And, and Jesus even said, it's a journey. And we just stay wherever. That's not the most important thing, is to have the best hotel, the best house, the best clothes. The most important thing is Jesus is coming. And there is a fight for our souls. And he's asking us to go prepare the way for him. Wherever you go, whenever you go into a town and they receive and accept and welcome you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come close to you. Oh, he didn't say, I'll gather around and beg and pray. He said, heal the sick. Just do it. We got to get to the place where we just have that much confidence, that much faith that we just heal the sick. And how does faith come? By hearing, by hanging out with Jesus, by meditating on what he said. He didn't say beg. He didn't say, I'll gather around, pray for four or five hours. He said, heal them. Heal them. That's confidence. That's faith. Right? So, he said, heal the sick. And then he said, the kingdom of God, say to, the, say to them, the kingdom of God has come close to you. That means we carry the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is on the inside of us. And tell them, the kingdom of God is here. I'm sent. Just like Jesus said, I was sent. The Father sent me. And he's sending us. And we have his power, his anointing on the inside of us to go. Acts 10, 38. Jesus was anointed by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He went around doing good, healing all who were harassed and oppressed, especially all who were harassed and oppressed by the enemy. Oppressed by the enemy. And he was sent. And now he's sending us. And we're going to do what he was doing when he was here. And whenever you go into town and do not receive and accept and welcome, you go out to the streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we're wiping off against you. Yet no one understands this. The kingdom of God has come near you. He who, verse 16, he who hears and heeds you, my disciples, hears and heeds me, and he who slights and rejects you, slights and rejects me, and he who slights and rejects me, slights and rejects he, him who sent me. When I'm out on the street and I'm rejected, the first time it really hurt me, and I was just like, wow, they're still rejecting Jesus. They're still rejecting you, you know, and he was with me. He was telling me who to talk to. And so he, he's seeing this and feeling this, and I'm feeling what he's feeling. And it's awful. It's awful knowing he's walking right with you. And people say things like, no, thank you. We're not going to talk about Jesus. No, I have my own church. I have my own belief. Just rejecting him just like that, as if he's some sort of religion and not a person with feelings, right? Anyway, um, I don't know, a day or so later, I said, what do I say to these people that are just turning you away? And he said, on that day, on Judgment Day, when they stand before me, 
they're going to have a little film of the encounter they had with me. And they're going to see that because they rejected me. Because they rejected you, they rejected me. When they reject him, you, they're rejecting him. Then the 70 returned. 70 ordinary people. They returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. I just had this thought. The 70. I imagine they they were following Jesus around. Like we should be following him around, listening, getting hungry, getting on fire. And then all of a sudden Jesus says, who wants to go? Who wants to go do my work? And they got excited and said, we want to go. Can that be you? It's me. I want to go. I'm excited. Get excited. He's asking you to be a part of his life right here and right now. This word is for you, for anyone who believes in him. He said, we're going to do what he was doing. That's exciting. Okay. So he said, um, the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan falling like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power the enemy possesses. And nothing shall harm you. Nothing shall harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are enrolled in heaven. It's like, well, this should just be normal. Yeah, the spirits are, are subject to you. You're in control. I've given you power and authority. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose is loosed. Right? But it's more important that your name is in the book of life. That you're doing his will. That's what he's saying. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of the Father. This is doing his will. My light just went out, but I think we're good. This is doing his will. Doing the will of the Father is going about doing what he did. And then in verse 22, many are going to say, but Lord, we did this in your name. We did that in your name. Giving him excuses why they didn't do what he said to do. And that's where we're at. He didn't do. We're not doing what he said to do because we're worrying about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, and what we're going to wear. We're distracted. We're not doing this well. And then he's going to say, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. We have to know his principles and walk in them. So um, I guess I'm going to wrap this up since my light went out. And, but if you never ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you, 
Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, I'm knocking at the door of your heart. I'm calling you and beckoning you. And if you would heed my voice, I'm going to come and live on the inside of you. If you would heed his voice, if you want to be a part of his life, if you want to put everything else aside and do his will, then he's going to come and live on the inside of you. And he's going to empower you. And you're going to be anointed to go do his work. Instead of living the same old menial humdrum life that we're living, we get to do this. And it's his heart. It's his heart that not one would perish. And as he said, the harvest is plenty. Those who are going to choose him are ready. They're looking for answers. And we have to care about what he cares about. To love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind is to care about what he cares about. And he cares about your neighbor. And so we'll continue this tomorrow. And um, let's say that prayer. If you never asked Jesus to come live on the inside of you, let's ask him right now. Jesus, we're asking that you come and live on the inside of us. We're ready to heed your voice. We love you, Jesus. We want to care about what you care about. We want to prove our love to you by doing your work and trusting that we can put everything else aside and you're just going to take care of us. We don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. I'd be so excited if you said that prayer today, if you would let me know. And John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word is God. And so as you do, as, as you do life, as you get up every day to get to know Him, you got to look at the Word. And then when you do the Word, you're, you're really making it mean something. It's just not words that you read and you walk away. But it's your life. It, it, it's your sustenance. It's, it's what you live on. It's what you need to carry on. And he's calling you. And you're going to hear that. You're going to hear that as you read the word. He's going to manifest himself to you when you obey him. Well, thanks so much for listening today. And God bless you.